This is Seattle's Morning News. Let's get yet another take on the Georgia indictment from somebody who knows about indictments, having been a prosecutor, and who knows something about the Republican Party on account of being a Republican. Former State Attorney General Rob McKenna, our conversation sponsored by Madrona Financial Services. So just your your first impression as you read it over. Uh, this is going to be a very long process. It'll take them many months, maybe years, to actually get to the trial, I think. you got 41 separate charges uh, against dozens of defendants, plus another 30 or so potential defendants, you know, un- unindicted co-conspirators. It- it's hard to fathom, you know, how long it's going to take and how many, you know, how many lawyers and witnesses and uh, months of trial will be required. But this is not a prosecution that can be ended by Donald Trump being elected and appointing a different attorney general, right? Correct. Not only that, if uh, Trump is reelected as president, he cannot pardon himself and the other defendants because these are these are state charges, not federal. I am surprised to hear you say that it would take years even to start the trial. So uh, given that it's that long, at some point, Fonnie Willis's term runs out as the Fulton County D.A. Could that bring the case to an end? It could if the next Fulton County DA decides to drop it, but that doesn't seem very likely to me. When I say years, I, I don't mean 10 years, right? I mean, it's it's hard to imagine this case will go to trial before the end of 2024. It'll go in 2025 or, or so. So the Republican Party then has to take this into consideration uh, as they decide who they're going to put up as their presidential candidate, right? So how do you think this plays out? Well, you know, we, we, we talk about the party, but really what we're talking about is millions of individual voters since the party doesn't get a say uh, as an organization. But millions of primary voters will. And so far, if the public opinion research is to be believed, none of this seems to be hurting Trump's chances to be the next nominee. He still has strong support among a significant percentage of Republican-based voters. And, you know, he doesn't even have to have majority support among Republicans, although he does. Uh, In a crowded primary field, you know, even having less than majority support uh, would be enough to win in a fractured primary, which is exactly how he became nominee, the nominee in 2016, of course. But then at what point do the constitutional requirements kick in? So, for example, if... um if it turns out we discovered documents showing that uh, Trump is uh, not 35 years of age yet. Absurd, I know, but just as an example. Uh, and they go ahead and nom- nominate him as their candidate. He can't run, but who enforces that? I can't speak to other states, but in Washington, the Secretary of State does not decide who can be on the ballot and who cannot. For example, uh, about five years ago, There were three state Supreme Court justices in Washington who were on the ballot. One of them was unopposed, and two of them only had one opponent each. And in each case, they were were opposed by a disbarred attorney. Well, you have to be a lawyer in good standing to serve on the state Supreme Court, and these disbarred attorneys did not qualify. But that did not mean the Secretary of State kept them off the ballot. Uh, Hmm. Citizens had to go to court, and I I was one of them, uh, to – basically sue the secretary of state to get a court order requiring her to remove the disbarred attorneys so they could not be listed on the ballot. And that's actually the way it should work. The secretary of state, the secretary of state is not a judge, mm-hmm. uh, not a prosecutor, not in a position to make those kinds of judgments, but the courts are. And sure enough, the judge ruled that uh, the disbarred attorney who I was concerned with could not uh, be on the ballot. I see. So 
in the event that uh, Jim Walsh, who's the state party chair, submits the name of Donald Trump to the Secretary of State, and uh, some citizen says, wait a minute, under the 14th Amendment, you have just submitted the name of somebody who headed an insurrection against the Constitution, uh, that person would have to go to court. And if they that person won in court, the judge could force the uh, the Secretary of State to remove that name from the ballot. Right. Uh, assuming, of course, that at that point, Mr. Trump had been convicted of a crime that is insurrection, uh, for example, or amounts to it, right? So There has to be a conviction. I think the only way that President Trump could be kept off the ballot uh, for insurrection or sedition, which, you know, the 14th Amendment to the Constitution does make a basis for preventing you from holding federal office, is if he's been convicted of sedition or insurrection. And that's a question that would have to go to the U.S. Supreme Court. This this question of what those words really mean and how far they go has never been tested uh, for a presidential candidate. And so what if that happens after he's been duly elected and has been serving as president? So what you're saying is what if someone concludes after he's been elected that he wasn't eligible to run? Yeah, that he wasn't eligible. That that uh, that strikes me as being highly improbable. (laughs) Rob, Rob, the last everything in the last four years has been highly improbable. Okay, Former state attorney general, Rob McKenna. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Dave.